It's Radio Free Tote Bag, and I'm Donovan. And I'm Arthur. And uh, it's another special week. we got a run of guests coming uh, this week. We are here actually in studio. We have uh, Alex Finch uh, on the organizing committee on the Middle Tennessee DSA here to talk with us about relationships and also socialism. How you doing, Finch? Doing good. How you doing? I'm fucking super. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm in, a little, I'm in a little bit of a mood today. I've been scrambled. I have an interview in Portland tomorrow. I have to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. So we're deciding whether or not uh, I'm going to go to sleep. This may be an all-nighter situation. Whoa. And then just do the interview in like a sleepless haze. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about this, Arthur? Is this a good strategy? Are you a good plane sleeper? No. No, me neither. Yeah. I'm not a good, I'm not a good, like, go to bed early sleeper either. This is going to be, like, an absolute nightmare. If I try to go to bed at 10, it's not going to work. Yeah, you're fucked, uh, man. Damn it. All right. Well, we've established that now. That's good to know. Have you considered, <laughs> have you considered lewds? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you've got a lewd guy, maybe send him down this way, and uh, <laughs> that'll, that'll work out. Let's clarify, too, that Radio Free Tote Bag does not endorse the use of lewds. All right. Great. Finch, uh, before we get into our main question that we ask everybody, can you can you tell us a little bit about uh, the DSA, both here in Tennessee and kind of in general, and like how you've how you've gotten involved? Yeah, certainly. So um, DSA is the Democratic Socialists of America, and uh, it's grown exponentially, uh, especially since the 2016 election. Um, we have over 55,000 members uh, nationwide. And I expect a lot more people affiliated with their local chapters uh, that aren't officially counted by na- uh, national as well. Um, yeah, we we really try to bridge the gap um, between traditional American political parties like the Democratic Party and the Republican Party and grassroots activism. So I think a lot of people are tired of you know voting once every two years, seeing the world burn around them, <laughs> um, everything go to shit. And not really knowing what else to do. And so we get together and we talk about our problems and we work out on the ground solutions for how to fix them. And that's kind of it in a nutshell. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, indeed. We've discussed some of these topics on the show before. I mean, this isn't an actively political podcast, but you probably get the sense of where we're coming from if we've listened. And uh, I've always kind of described to people leftism in general is like what people think that liberalism actually is it's what they think the democratic party actually is like in the states you're like oh you're a liberal you know you must be a democrat but you know this is getting away from the uh essentially very fucking capitalist mentality of those politicians who are more or less establishment bought and really aren't that far of an alternative from republicans and gets away from just kind of you know relatively minute issues like gay marriage or abortion that should be really non-questioned and gets into you know actual solutions to kind of overhauling and I'm sure in your sense kind of getting rid of our current and pretty negative capitalist system uh, into a much something much better that uh, that would address issues better than the Democrats kind of trying to play within that uh, within that framework so if you're one of those people listening and you're like hey that's kind of how I feel about politics I don't see people in the establishment Dems representing me uh if you're here in Tennessee, maybe check out the Middle Tennessee DSA and uh, you can find their social media at MidTNDSA. 
If you're somewhere else, you can actually look up uh, dsausa.org, look for information about a chapter in your area, and kind of get involved with that. That'd be somebody who speaks for you, unlike uh, fucking garbage like Nancy Pelosi. Am I right, Arthur? Yes. There we go. Right on. Well, good times. We're glad you're here with us, because on top of his expertise about the DSA, Alex Finch brings uh, expertise on relationships, we hope. And... uh, (laughs) Finch, our standard question, uh, as we always ask people. So what, what is your worst kind of dating relationship experience? What do you, what do you have for us? Yeah. Um, so, man, I've, I've had a lot of rough experiences. But <laughs> I, I think my favorite, um, I don't know if you consider it uh, a relationship experience, but a Tinder-based experience. Um, I had met a girl off of Tinder um, when I was living in Cincinnati. Um, I was somewhat employed at the time and had a lot of free time and uh we we were very uh respectable about it we went on our first kind of coffee shop date uh went our separate ways all of that and then uh not long after that uh you'll get the timeline um she uh invited me to watch the um what was it It was the first republican primary debate of 2016 (laughs) damn um that's a good date she, she was affiliated uh yeah, with whatever political organization at her school and everyone's watching. College, I should say. Um, and uh, so anyway, I come over, we watch it. We're all drinking. We're all having a good time. Um, eventually, everyone kind of leaves her place and I stay. And um, we go to the bedroom and start to fool around. Uh, we get maybe a minute, maybe two minutes into things and... We roll over from how we were previous position, previously positioned, and I had met this girl once before, mm-hmm. and so I was positioned on top of her looking down, and as soon as we roll over, maybe a half, maybe a pint of, of blood just pours out of my nose <laughs> onto her face, and I don't think she realized what happened. It was kind of hot. It was body temperature. I don't know if she thought I was you know drooling or slobbering, but I looked down, and it looks... Like her eyes are bleeding. And she's just, what? What's wrong? Why'd you stop? And so I have to stumble out that I just bled all over your face and your bed. um, And you don't know me at all. Uh, And so, yeah, we had to pause and clean things up. And after that, we went right back to it. So she was a great Nice. That's what I was wondering. That's good perseverance past the, uh, the bloody face. Did this did this relationship continue after this or was no, this the, that was uh, the last time I ever saw her? Yeah, maybe she woke up in the morning and had second thoughts about the uh, about the nose blasting that uh, you bestowed upon her. I don't blame her. <laughs> no, but damn, that's a that's a pretty good answer. That's very I good. A little bit of a, a little bit of a follow up with Chris's uh, hot pocket vomit story last weekend. Maybe we can get a uh, bodily fluid streak going, <laughs> and uh, we can call in an airstrike if we get seven of those, as you know. But uh, ha- hell yeah, good, uh, good answer. Of, streak of bodily fluids. <laughs> it's a good image. Yeah, it's a very good image. Oh my god. Well, hey folks, uh, we've got quite a few questions this week. Uh, Thanks to Finch for posting our question box uh, on his Twitter. Uh, we got three questions in the question box. We got some Reddit questions for you. So uh, let's go ahead and get into those. What do you say? Hit it! Oh, yeah. So, my M girlfriend is too cute for sex. I'm someone who has an insane sex drive. 
It's hard to remember a time when I wasn't so darn horny. It's like I've never grown out of that high school level horny adolescent phase. Lucky me, I've met my girlfriend, who I'm so lucky to have because her kinks align with mine. I'm constantly think of, thinking about fucking her, and I want some rough lovin'. I want her to choke on my dick. I want to tie her up and stuff her panties in my mouth while I pound away. Well, in her mouth. I want to fuck her over and over for hours on end, completely dominating her and making sure she knows she's mine. I want to glaze her face with my cum, <laughs> and she wants all of that and more. But here's the thing. I can't get myself to do it, because she's just too darn cute. I don't know how else to explain it. I'm the first person she's been sexually active with, and I've had a ton of experience in the past in having rough sex. I'm so grateful to have her, but I can't bring myself to do any of the things we want to do. She's just so cute and so innocent. Oh, I just want... I just uh, feel like most of her friends think she doesn't even know what a dick is. I feel so lucky that she trusts me with all things sexual in the first place. We've done some things in bed before, and I want to get rough and completely dominate her. She's just so sweet, even in bed. After a long time spent apart, she stopped in the middle of deep-throating my dick to hug me and tell me how happy she was to see me again. Oh my god. (laughs) Worse is when I'm close to finishing. Here I am, ready to completely cover her face in my cum, when I just see her smile and it melts my heart. Suddenly I think about things, like worry about how she'd have to clean my cum off, worrying that it gets in her eye, and how these post-ejaculation feels are going to amplify that reluctance and turn it to regret. So what gives? How do I stop feeling this way? This is the first time I've felt so reluctant to be dominant in bed, and she really wants me to do all these things, but... Ugh, and that was posted by a user, Cutie Gets the Dick. Wow, that was graphic. <laughs> Has he considered a career in romantic novelizations of <laughs> stories? Because I think yeah. there's a real talent here. Yeah. Can I tell you? Right. So. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking your kinks don't come from a great place if you're not willing to do it to somebody that you uh, find respectable in that way. You know, do you feel what I'm saying? Like, uh, her her cuteness gives an aura of, like, you must be protected and respected, so you perceive your kink as, like, a tearing down, when, in fact, uh, BDSM and rough sex and shit is about, uh, ex- it's experiential for the submissive. You're doing it for the submissive. You're not necessarily doing it for yourself. Uh, so, yeah, right. I think he's got to reevaluate where his kinks are coming from and why he wants to do these things. I think that this mentality that this is somehow kind of like this wrong, fucked up, like degrading for lack of a better word, even though that's kind of a thing that some people are into. Right. Uh, but I think that's something else he needs to reevaluate. Because like you were saying, Arthur, a huge element of BDSM here is that this is like a, a trusting, it's an exercise in trust almost. She's allowing you to do this. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're, she fucking hates this and I'm going to pin her down and come on her forehead like it's consensual. She's into this. She's asking you to do yeah. this, and so I would take the you know perspective that that's she wants you to do this stuff, and and you kind of getting in your head about her being like, oh, like this cute innocent thing. She's fucking not, dude. She's deep throating your you fucking your hog. <laughs> she and if she wants hog. to give you a, a hug afterwards, that's just kind of sweet. Yeah. And this is also it's a separate thing, you know, for for most people at least from your. Uh, just kind of intimate, normal relationship. Like you can, you can hug each other. You can, you know, be sweet with each other. That's that's normal. It's for lack of a better word, it's it's a scene that you're doing. 
And yeah, so I just don't don't put such a heavy mentality on this. You're not you're not doing anything wrong or bad. Uh, and be just just be cool. Just be a cool guy. Yeah. What do you think about this? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. There's definitely a lot to unpack here. Uh, my my first <laughs> instinct is that this is probably more healthy than not in terms of wanting to respect people's boundaries and build up to things and um, not necessarily force your desires on someone else. But there's also certainly a level of infantilization almost um, that yeah. possessiveness of this. We are not equal partners engaging something we both want. Like I want to dominate. I want to kind of own you in a way um, which is a part of that culture. But as Arthur said, it, it doesn't sound like it's coming from a super chill place. No, no. Because to me, huh. if she's super cute, I want to do more. I wanna, yeah. I, I want to take the cuteness. <laughs> Arthur, wants to, uh, Arthur wants to blast the cuteness. I, yeah. I, I hear you. <laughs> do you think, think he has that impulse and he's feeling kind of grossed out with himself? It's possible, uh, and that's a societal thing that you'll, if you want to continue down this road, you're going to have to shed. You'll have to undo that programming. Uh, yeah. do, do a want, will, won't. Like, I don't know if y'all have or not, but uh, just just a reminder to everybody, it's where two partners uh, write down a list of the things that they want to do, uh, and this could be for a vacation or for rough sex or for, you know, things that you want to do, things that you will do for your partner because they want to, and things that you won't do. Uh, because they're too gross or painful or you don't want to do them. So, like, put it in writing. Make it, you know, concrete and absolutely clear to each other. This is what I want to do. This is what I will do for you. And this is what I won't do. And then anything in that uh, anything in that list, just fucking go to town and be enthusiastic about it. I think, uh, so you mentioned, too, I just saw that this is, uh, he's her first partner. And I don't know how long this has been going on. They've been trying at this, but maybe like work up to the bigger things. Don't go straight to uh, super fucking aggressive stuff. Cause that's kind of for both of you too. You, you, even as somebody doing the dominant part of this, you need to be comfortable with the other person, right. comfortable with what you're doing. So maybe just take kind of little steps and progress towards where you want to be uh, and keep communication about that. Cause that'll also stop the situation where like, you are going a hundred fucking percent. This is like the third time she's had sex and you know, True. she gets fr- freaked out about that or you, you get freaked out about that too. I just baby steps and then decompress and talk about it after each time and see how she's feeling. And if she is into it, I think her kind of relaying to you like, Hey, that was fucking great. I would like to do more. I think that's going to, that's going to build up your confidence and, and make you feel a little bit less weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good times. Finch, you got anything else on this, Arthur? Mm, no, I think uh, where There were no ages given, right? Right. Yeah, nothing, nothing on age. Yeah, that, I feel like that does leave a kind of piece out of the puzzle. Because if this is someone's first relationship and they're in their mid-20s, they might be a little more likely to want to put the brick on the gas pedal yeah, than yeah. if this is a kind of early-in-life relationship. That's true. That's that very is a good true. point. And... Uh, yeah, so take that into consideration. And definitely, if, if this is, you know, you're both younger at kind of the early phases or early stages of having relationships, then definitely be taking it slower and fucking be listening because you also don't want that situation where she's doing these things because she knows you want them 
Yeah. Uh, but she really doesn't because that, you know, that can get very, very unpleasant and uh, maybe even traumatizing. So fucking be, be careful there. But I, yeah. I think you're all right. Yeah. Well, all right. Arthur, uh, how do you feel about, how do you feel about getting onto this next one? <clears throat> I feel excellent. Uh, I have a question for you both gentlemen. Hit it. Do men, do men notice a huge difference between vaginal tightness from woman to woman? Do different vaginas feel different to dudes? If so, in what way? Do you notice a difference in tightness between women? As a woman, I only notice two things, really. How it, quote, fills me, and which way it curves and ends up hitting me. It's all pretty marginal, though, unless someone's penis is very, very small. And even then, it feels great in its own right. Also, if you go in soft, I guess I can feel that. But curious how sensitivity is for guys. TLDR, do men feel a big difference between women's vaginas? And that was posted by Happy, but not too happy. Well, I like the little aside about going in soft. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of feel that. I can, uh, yeah, I figure you could. Is this something you've done, Arthur? Gone in soft? Yeah, or fit, either of you, yeah, that, that doesn't seem like a thing. We had that question the other week about the dude insisting on matching, mashing his limp dick into his partner's vagina to, like, get started. Maybe that's more of a thing than I thought. Isn't that the entire concept of soaking? The the whole Mormon uh, thing where yeah, you can have yeah. sex as long as you're not erect? You just slide it in soft and leave it Jesus, there? Jesus, that seems like a challenge, man. Especially <laughs> if you have, like, no sexual experience. I feel like as soon as things got started touching, I'd be like, okay, you know, it, it, it's going hard. And then I guess you got to give up. Damn. <laughs> Shouts out to the... Uh, Mental fortitude of, of Mormons being able to stay limp in in the cut. <laughs> in the Salute cut. Mitt Romney. His ability to stay yeah. limp. Yeah. Uh, Shouts here, out. Brief aside, uh, some LDS church members came by and helped shovel m- the driveway the other day when it was snowing super hard. Uh, they were just like walking up the street with snow shovels. Like, you guys want some help? And that was pretty right cool. On. Shouts to the Mormons. Shouts to them. See if you can convert them to uh, join the DSA. All right, back to to vaginal tightness. Yeah. My experience is, yeah, I mean, everybody's different. That's kind Mm -hmm. of the way that it goes. Vaginas look different and they feel different. The primary thing I notice is lubrication, where, like, some women get really, really wet to sometimes the point that it can mess with sensitivity a bit, like, it's just, it's too much. Mm -hmm. Or it can be the opposite, where, like, it's difficult to get in there because things are a lot less lubricated. It's true. Um but again, when we mentioned this, we had that dude feeling self-conscious about his penis size in a recent question. Mm. This is a similar thing, man. With partners, it, it's all pretty much good. And, you know, if it's something like a lubrication issue, there's things you can use to make that better. Like, there are tools in place, uh, you know, to make most of this work all right. And I'm, I'm taking... I'm taking this from uh, from this question that this woman is feeling a little self-conscious uh, about mm-hmm. how her vag- vaginal tightness is. Uh but yeah, I don't know. I I could honestly say I've never had sex with somebody who'd been like, "Wow, that was that vagina sucked. That was terrible." <laughs> <laughs> I think I've literally never had that experience. I, I don't know about you guys. Not to yeah. I mean, this seems like a case. Oops, sorry. Yeah, good. This seems like a case where uh, I think, as with most things in sex, the difference between genders isn't really so much, um, or any gender. Uh, and yeah, so. I, the same way she describes it, I, yeah, I notice it, but it's not a big deal. I think you ask, you know, 100 people, 99 will say the same. Yeah, I think that's where we are. 
I have encountered there was one vagina that was somewhat cavernous. Now, not to not to make anyone uh self-conscious. Uh I'm not sure what was going on there, but there are like different positions you can take. So in missionary, your legs are spread really wide, everything's kind of spread rather open. You go to different positions where the legs are maybe a little closer together, it increases the sensation of tightness. For for sure. And that stuff worth looking into too, especially if you're with a partner and you keep having these kind of consistent issues, identify what that is and then read about it online. Cause you know, people are posting this stuff all over the internet and other people have found solutions to these issues. So it, it's definitely something you can work through. Absolutely. But de- definitely kind of the main thing to focus on is it, it's your body. That's what you ended up with. And don't, don't hate on yourself. Cause it's not, you know, especially if some person gave you some shit about having a, a loose vagina or something, they that's can fuck spite. off. That's spite. Yeah, exactly. It, it's you. That's what you got. And <laughs> love what you got, man. Also kegels. Also, yeah. Also <laughs> yeah. Weighted kegels. <laughs> <laughs> Head on down to the gym, get a, get a barbell and uh, just get things moving in there. All right. <laughs> All right. All right, well, good times. And uh, from Reddit, we are headed to the question box. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, who? Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, who? And I remind you, the listener, we have an anonymous question box. Uh, you can find the link to this question box on our social media. Uh, in the bio of our Instagram profile and uh, on our website, we got a tab that says submit your question and you don't need an account completely anonymous. There's just a text box. You type in what you want to ask, click submit, and we'll read it on the show no matter what it is. And I mean, no matter what it is. Uh, But this week, as I mentioned, we're very lucky. We got three questions from our listeners. And uh, so let's get to it. So I 21 F I am graduating from college this May. Congrats. My boyfriend, 22M, is planning on coming down for graduation, but his cousin is also graduating from the same university. I'm uncertain if he would have taken the time off just to come down for his cousin's graduation. Regardless, I have already planned dinner for the night of my graduation, and he says he isn't sure what his cousin is doing yet. Am I narcissistic for thinking he should be at my dinner? I told my parents that he is unsure if he will make it, and their immediate reaction was that he should be there and they should expect me to be with him if I were in his position. How do I bring this up with him? It's been bothering me because this is the biggest day of my life up to this point, And I've spent far more time with his family and he has only met my parents once. He visited for New Year's Eve last year. And we've been dating for over a year and a half. At the same time, I don't want to be the jerk that forces him away from his family and I would never want to pressure him that way, but I'm also really upset at the idea that he might not be there. So what should I do? Good question. I like this one. This is something of a quandary. Uh, I think it's rather clear that he should be at your dinner. You have plans already. The plans are stated. Done. Dinner. Go to that. Uh, there should also I don't know be... if I agree with you, Arthur. Interesting. Let's hear it. Well, I don't know. I, I definitely think there's an argument to be made um, for both perspectives, but there's a certain level of just implicit solidarity within the family that is hard to ignore. Uh, the same way you help a longtime friend move or do something 
kind of just contractually obligated by society, I think it's good to follow those instincts sometimes. Um, obviously, there are unhealthy family situations. There are um, exceptions. But I think the impulse to fulfill that kind of traditional duty um, isn't something to just dismiss outright. Hmm. I, f- I feel that. I, and from that, I think that's it's kind of going to depend on his family situation, too. Uh, but the only way to find out is ask him. And I would ask directly about what Finch is saying and, and just be like, kind of, what's your situation here? Like, is there kind of a family obligation to go with this? Because I also really want you to come to, my, you know, my graduation dinner. And uh, but ultimately, you're going to have to seek to work out a compromise here of, of some kind. You know, he's going to be down there. Maybe he goes to your graduation uh, but the dinner for his cousin, or maybe, you know, you can get lunch or, or, or something else and sort it out together. Uh, but, but the point there is figuring <clears throat> out his, his reasoning and understand where he's coming from. Cause you know, if you've been dating for a year and a half, I don't think this dude is just switching this on you to be a dick. He probably has, or hopefully has pretty good reason for it. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's what Finch is saying, if he does have kind of this, you know, tight knit family obligation he has to do, he has to uh, live up to. Only information I have here is that he doesn't know what the cousin is doing yet, right? You yeah. you know what you're doing. Ergo, he can make plans regarding the dinner and then make adjustments to those plans to accommodate the cousin. Now, I got to say that if there is no cousin of mine that if they were graduating the same day as my SO that I would go to uh, a cousin event over an SO event. Not a single uh, one. Sa- Sam for sure. Sam for <laughs> sure. And, uh, that, and that's why I gotta, I gotta know his, uh, this guy's family situation. I think he can commit to the dinner, and then uh, maybe if he has to bounce early from that to go to a cousin thing, I think he can commit to dinner, especially since he's at a family, uh, family event deficit. I, f- I feel that. And I guess in terms of like him communicating with his family, he could bring up, "Look, I committed to this dinner first. It's nothing personal." But like, also, dude, this is my girlfriend. I gotta, I gotta be at this thing. Yeah. So, but I think I think you might have a good point there. And she's got and the it, she's got the plans. The, yeah. She's already made the plans. <laughs> the cousin's out in uncertainty land. He's he's probably just gonna be fucking, you know, eating eating Big Macs at uh, Wendy's King. And, uh, you know, you'd rather be at the cool girlfriend dinner than that old bullshit. Cause yeah, go to Ruby Tuesdays with your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, not White Castle with your cousin. <laughs> but again, uh, I mean, down to answer wise, talk to him, see what the deal with this is. Relay that it is very important that he comes to this dinner with you. It means a lot to you and see if he can get some, you know, his cousin to give him some goddamn details so yeah. if there is a compromise to be made, you can figure that out. But yeah. definitely stress to him that this is important to you and uh, and, and see what happens. And my, parent, it, it, my parents would go. really like to see you. There you go. Yeah, get some parental guilt in there. That's always mm-hmm. good. All right. We got, we got anything else here? We do. Why is it that guys in their 20s want to do all the relationship type things without the labels in quotes? If you like me that much, what's the holdup? And that was posted by Anonymous in our Anonymous question box. Speak to this, guys in their 20s. 
I'm prepared to speak to this because I I don't know. I had a I had a large stretch of this uh, when I moved to Nashville, actually, uh, and I think this is pretty pretty common for guys in their twenties. I think I think this person's perception is right. For me, it was that I I got here moving to a new city. I had been dating a girl for like two and a half years, and that relationship ended. And then I was like. I can't just be jumping back into a relationship immediately. Like I am coming out of that with some pretty bad feelings and in a weird place. And I need to like solidify myself as a person and be on my own for a while. Mm. And, you know, I'm still dating around too, though, on account of I'm trying to like get experience with that. Cause I haven't gotten on the date in two and a half fucking years. Right. So w- when I was in that, when I was in that stage and I've been off and on through that, I've dated a couple people I was here, uh, but I was always pretty direct with people on like, Hey, this is where I'm at. I like you. I like spending time with you, but like, I can't do a relationship right now. Or, you know, I need to see where this goes. Cause also, I don't know. My mentality in dating has always been like, I need to spend some time with this person before I figure out like what I want here. I don't like go get a drink with somebody. And I'm like, so what are we doing this relationship? Like that seems, that seems quick moving and kind of wild to me. Uh, but I think this becomes a problem when there's guys who will lead you on and mm-hmm. like you bring up relationship stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, totally. And then just kind of leave you out in the cold and like insist that, no, like you knew what this was. Like you got to You need to tell your partner where you're coming from if you're going to be seeing each other frequently. So you don't, uh, you know, you don't end up having them getting invested uh, and then being stuck out in the cold when you're uh, when you're shitty ass. Decides to go hook up with the waitress you met at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> Finch, your uh, your weak ass dodgy response. Yeah, uh, I think that sums it up. I'm feeling very attacked right now <laughs> as someone who uh, definitely in the past has um, used and abused this as an excuse. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess my question is what do all of the relationship type things, what does that constitute to a certain extent? Um, Fucking. But really, I think a lot of it just comes down to insecurity. I think guys don't want to really put themselves out there. I also think they're lazy. They don't want to put in the work to kind of, you know what I mean? They (laughs) they don't want to be, they don't want to make any promises that um, they're not willing to or can't keep. Um, but in the end, they're just being shitty. They're trying to keep their options open. Um, they want to be lazy, so do better. And they want to fuck up. They want to fuck a bunch of people. I think is also the commonality there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you can have multiple consistent things running at once, I think that's an appealing option for for many single guys. That's true. Uh, but again, the only ethical way to do that is is being very upfront with people about that, and in a way so they can't just be like. Ah, uh, like, yeah, this isn't a thing, but in the back of their head, they're hoping for more, and they're kind of waiting for that to happen and expecting it. Like, you you got to make sure you're being very clear about that. Totally. I want to say... Also, oh, go ahead. I want to say, as a guy in his 30s, uh, that when I was in my 20s, I was not the uh, do-all-the-relationship-things-without-a-label guy. I was very label-hungry. So... <laughs> If you if you really want that, they're out there. I swear to God, I was one of them. That's true, and I would think even bringing up on a first date, just kind of what are you what are you looking for? Like what what are you doing dating? And see if you can get a straight answer out of them. Yeah, uh, it might help a bit in that regard. I had something else. 
No, I don't. I'll think of it. <laughs> perhaps, uh, perhaps on Quality this content. On, perhaps on this next question here, which perhaps, deals perhaps, with, perhaps deals with it'll similar, come up on the next question <laughs> deals with a similar issue. Which, no, you, which you're reading. <laughs> God damn, dude. I didn't sleep that well last night either. I better get my shit together for this interview tomorrow. <laughs> so what attracted you to this position? Oh, you're asking me? Uh, all right. Well, okay. Third question in the question box. Uh, I'm back on it. I'm bringing the heat. Here it is. It's here. How am I supposed to ask a guy what he is, quotation marks, looking for without seeming clingy, desperate, etc.? So hey, that kind of that kind of relates to that last one. How do yeah, you, you how do you bridge that question? Uh, I feel like that's that's like a third date question. That's like you, you go, think so? yeah, you go out a couple times and you go. So what are you looking for in a relationship? And then that's when you that's when you say, oh, someday I'd like to get married. I'd like to have kids, or I can't, don't want to have kids, or I, you know, and you kind of hash out the things that you want to have in your life. That's a little bit intense for date one, but maybe date three. I feel that. And also, once you have a sense if it's somebody you could date or not, like you kind of need to get that feeling. Like, yeah. As I said, you're not going to have a first beer and then be like, so uh, I want you to commit to a 100 century soul bond. Are you down <laughs> for that? Or? I want you to get on some Scientology thousand year contract shit. Yeah, yeah. So I have a question. Uh, I feel like this kind of begs the question. Have either of you ever been asked this question? And yeah. thought it was clingy and or desperate? No. Like, I've gotten the question, and I, d- I didn't think it was clingy or desperate. I think it's about uh, clearing the air and getting expectations out there, and that's that, to me, is never a bad thing. Yeah, I was the exact same. I've had people, and Arthur, like you were saying, this was a couple dates in, being like, so where do you think this is going? What are Kind of where are you at with this? And no, that's just good communication, and it's good to be direct like that. And, uh... It's, it's not it's not desperate to want a relationship either. It's not desperate to be interested in somebody like that. Uh, but you need to be asking those questions so you don't get hurt in kind of the way that this person in the uh, in the second question was talking about. So no, don't don't feel self conscious about that. A- ask those questions for sure. And if they make you feel weird, if they make you feel clingy and desperate, then fuck that dude. Because you're just you're just being direct. You're just being a normal ass person. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Hundred percent. Hundred percent, one hundred, one hundred, one hundred. All right, so I, I think that kind of wraps up those two there, and uh, that's been that's been our question box. And as I mentioned before, if you'd like to submit your question, hit our website, hit that submit your question link, type it into the box, and uh, send it our way. We'll uh, we'll answer it next week, and then you'll be uh, then you'll be internet famous. Yeah, then you will. You'll be you'll be tote bag famous. You'll be lodged firmly inside the tote bag. <laughs> Well, how about we, uh, Arthur, you, you ready to take it back to Reddit? I am. Let's head back to Reddit with this one. Uh, I had sex with, I-19M, had sex with my straight friend, 19M. I met Matt in university. We've been best friends ever since the past three months. He knows that I'm gay, and he told me that he is completely straight. Naturally, I drew a red line and made sure I never cross it. Fast forward to last week, we went on a trip together. Because there was not enough room for me and him. We slept on the same bed. Middle of the night, he initiated sex. Hormones took over, so I obliged. Halfway through it, he stopped and said, I can't do this. I'm really sorry I did that to you. The next day, I talked to him, and he said he was curious but didn't like it and threw up afterwards. 
Since that, he has been very cold and distant toward me around university. Usually he would smile when he sees me, crack jokes, etc. I really do value our friendship, and this is killing me from the inside. I texted him yesterday, and he said he does not want to ruin the friendship, but it's really awkward, so we'll need time. What should I do? Should I give him some time to work through it? Uh, Should I try to talk to him about this before he shuts me off? TLDR had sex with a straight friend. Now he is being cold and distant, and that was posted by... Oh, I'm going to try it. Jesus. Ah. Well, this is this is tough, but certainly not unheard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's your buddy's at nineteen. It sounds like maybe he has an inkling that he may be into guys as well. And I, I was I'm surprised he didn't say they got like drunk or something like that. His, his mind's right. clouded. It seems like he had kind of been thinking about this, yeah, and kind of went after it to see. Uh, but it turns out either he didn't like this and realized it in that moment. And, you know, and that's fine. Uh, or maybe he just has super heavy anxiety about this, like mm-hmm. so many people do, because homosexuality is still very stigmatized. Right. And uh, he's just, in that moment, is kind of overwhelmed with anxiety, has the fucking anxiety attack and pukes. And now that's sitting with him, and he's like, oh, man, am I gay? Like, I don't know. And every time he runs into you, then he's having those those feelings brought up. Yeah. Uh, so you, you got to address that with him. You gotta, you gotta. I think let him know, like you're, you're still his friend. You, you get, it's all right. You understand the anxiety, and if he wants to, you'll, you'll talk about it with him. Um, but I think just kind of make sure you let him know that, like, you're not put off or, or weirded out by this. Yeah, and that you're, you, you're not hung up on him either. You're not like, oh man, he, we had sex. I want to, uh, uh. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. no, like no harm, no foul, guy. Like it's fine. Yeah, it really doesn't seem like it should be on the poster to solve this problem. I don't think it's. I think experimenting with your sexuality is incredibly healthy. More people should do it. Mm-hmm. Um, break the binary. We're all somewhere in between straight or gay, unless you're extremely gay. <laughs> um, but. It's not up to your friend to necessarily coddle you through that. And as you're experimenting, if it does put the relationship on the rocks or brings up anxieties that you have about that, I don't think it's up to your friend. Obviously, your friend should be supportive. Like, you should have people you can be honest with and count on. But also, it's not up to this guy to coach his friend through being straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, de- definitely not. True I mean, if you're comfortable giving some sort of advice there, okay, go for that, as I was kind of mentioning, but definitely don't feel obligated. Uh, also, this being this dude's first time, I think this anxiety is more intense because of that, and he obviously doesn't know how to like interact with somebody after this situation. So I think you kind of give him one clean cut. I am here for you. Don't worry about this. But if you, I'm just going to kind of keep a distance uh, if that's what you need. And then just give him some space, because I think he will definitely calm down about this after a little bit, and, and maybe that's the best time to talk. Uh, but definitely don't be hounding this guy about this and worrying about him too much, because as Finch said, this is this is his thing to deal with, and he's going to be all right. And if he bails you on, bails on you entirely, that's his thing, not yours. And that, you know, it sucks for you that you're losing a friend, but if he can't be cool about, you know, his actions, 
he chose this. Uh, if he can't deal with that, then, you know, it's not your problem, it says. For real. All right. Oh, that's, that's a tough one, though. That, that, that's a tough time, I'm sure. You know, you're close to somebody, and all of a sudden, they've just gotten kind of dark on you after they tried to fuck you. Yep. It could be yeah. worse. In a darker world, you could definitely see that friend now blaming him for seducing him and other oh, yeah. kind of terrible things. So, oh, yeah. And that, that leads down a real dark path. So could be worse, but it's ultimately not your responsibility. Hopefully, hopefully this, uh, this friend is not, is not that kind of scummy dude. Word. Well, hey, uh, another question for you. Mm-hmm. Should I 19M tell my GF 23F that I'm going bald? I've noticed my hair thinning extremely fast. Like I've lost half of my hair density in just the last year. My hairline hasn't recessed at all, though, which is weird. And I'm also the only one who's experiencing hair loss in my family besides my grandpa. When I got together with my GF, she said something along the lines of, Hair is important to me. I wouldn't date a bald guy. Or guys always look good with hair. She guys also do not to... always look good with hair. Yeah, fucking accurate. You ever, you ever seen some fucking fedora-wearing specimens with a greasy mane? Anyway, she also loves to run her hands through my hair, which she won't get to do if I have no hair, obviously. This is stressing me out so much, I'd love to hear some advice from you guys. Should I just bite the bullet and tell her? TLDR rapidly losing hair. Should I tell my GF? And that was posted by asking throw away. Damn. Like a lot of wise. Yeah. Damn. How you feeling about this one, Finch? Where are, where are you at? Uh, I think that the best course of action is to go to the barber tomorrow and just bite the bullet and get it all gone. <laughs> uh, show up at home. And if she still loves you, great. If not, then you figured it out real quick. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty telling thing. If your partner is willing to bail on you based on your hair or lack thereof, that that person is not the one for you. And uh, I'm curious how fast this is going, though, just from a more practical sense. And it's not as hairline recessing, like shit's just dropping out. I mean, maybe also check up on that. And, uh, you know, make sure there's nothing medical going on here that, that things are just happening like that. Because I think male pattern baldness usually kind of moves up with the hairline. I don't yeah. know, though. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm certainly no doctor. To that, um, to that point, there is a comment here in the comment thread that I think blows the whole case wide open. And uh, user JVDJVP says, Hair thinning can also be a symptom of hypothyroidism. Have you noticed other symptoms such as cold intolerance, low energy, and weight gain? OP then says, yes, actually, I'm always cold, even when wearing a coat sometimes. Low energy, yes. I sleep almost 10 hours a day, but I'm still tired and have no motivation to do stuff. Weight gain, not that I've noticed. I've always been a thin guy. Oh, damn. So check it out. Fucking two out of the three symptoms he's, like, exhibiting. Go to a fucking doctor, get your thyroid checked on, get some medication, get your hair back. Yeah, at least take a swing at that. Damn, that is that is strangely concise there, that he's just like, oh yeah, I actually feel all of these Yeah, things. totally, I'm cold and tired. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, a little bit of a red flag, though. Who, who the fuck gets, when I got together with my GF, her, she just throws out, yeah, hair is important uh, to me, I wouldn't date a bald guy? Yeah. Is that something people just kind of typically <laughs> launch out there on the first date? That's strange. And then starts getting all handsy with your, uh, you know, your head? I think people throw out silly comments like that without really 
thinking about the impact that they might have. That's, I wouldn't that's take true. it too seriously. That's true. Uh, but I don't know, man. It, people, you know, people can be into certain things. People are into certain types of like people who you know look a certain way. It is strange that this is something potentially impermanent. And now you know this about her. What if you do end up, you know, getting hair recession down the line? Uh, this would be something that would give me a little bit of anxiety. And I don't know if it's worth bringing up with her. I mean, I would definitely bring up the hypothyroidism part. Yeah. And, you know, because that's kind of an intense thing and worth bringing up with your partner. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't want to date a girl if I knew 100% that if I went bald, this girl would just leave me. That is, I, that's I, intense. I, I feel like this is some dumbass 23-year-old shit to say. I would yeah. never date a guy who was bald, and then you, you know, like, you have a fucking car accident, and he fucking sees you in the hospital, and he's with you through, like, you have these really intense things that happen when yeah. you're in a relationship, and then the guy loses yeah. his hair. I don't think she's going to be like, oh, fuck this, I'm gone. You know? Yeah, man. And have, you, have you seen Terry Crews? Fuck right. off with his hair talk, dude. Right. <laughs> Damn straight. All right, get uh, get some medical advice there. Maybe maybe just bring this up with her so she knows what's going on. But uh, I, hey. I think you're going to be all right here. Hey, babe, you may have noticed my hair thinning. Turns out my thyroid turned off and I need medication. So I can only date guys with fully functioning thyroids. Goodbye. <laughs> Fucking A. Well, we, uh, we got time for this next one? I believe we do. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we do. We do have time for this next one and perhaps bonus episode. A couple more. Well, we're, we're pretty far from the end. I'm going to edit this out, but we got a little more time here. (laughs) Bonus episode. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it so shocking that I've never been given flowers? I 20 F am on the executive board of a club on my university's campus. We had our weekly exec meeting tonight. We were discussing our Valentine's Day fundraising event of selling flowers. The president was asking me how much flowers cost and looked at me for an answer. So I said, I don't know why you're looking at me. I've never been given flowers before. It was supposed to be funny, but I'm not funny. He looks to me for answers a lot because I have thoughts on everything. And they all seemed super shocked. And someone said, really? It was in a room of mostly guys, four four girls and six guys. Most are 21 to 23 years old. One is in his 30s, another in his 40s. Is it really that shocking? I mean, I've had boyfriends before, and they all knew about my last ex and our breakup, but no one I've ever been romantically involved with has ever bought me flowers. I didn't know that was such a big thing. I kind of just assumed it was an over-exaggerated, it was over-exaggerated on TV and stuff. My close friend said, it's okay, Toby Kens. That's the poster's name. I've never been given flowers either and gave me a high five to like calm the situation down. But she's never been in a relationship, which everyone on the exec board also knows. TLDR. (laughs) I've never been given flowers despite being in a relationship. Is it really that big of a deal? That was posted by Toby Kens. Uh, I give flowers. You give flowers, fish, you give flowers to people. Nah, I feel like this question is out of the 60s or something. Like, is sure. that really, like, a super common thing these days? Yeah, yeah same. Man. And she mentions most of the people are in their 20s. I, I've bought flowers for somebody once, and that's because we were in different locations, and I wanted to send her a birthday gift, and that could be, like, delivered that day. I, yeah, uh, yeah I, don't, I don't know about friends getting flowers for people. I've gotten flowers for my mom. 
True. I mean, I did like asking girls to homecoming and like high school shenanigans. Yeah, but not out in the wide world. Now, as yeah. a general gift, this seems pretty dated. It's weird it that they've all reacted so strongly about this. I was actually uh, my I have a history with delivering flowers. My sister ran a flower delivery company. My mother ran a flower delivery company before that, so I have some experience in the industry. Um, and I was talking with my sister the other day about like who my recipients were like, I'm like, I feel like it's all old ladies and like people in their, you know, like forties. So like, I wonder, you know, what happened that like people our age don't give out flowers. I don't know. know. Yeah. I'd expect that too. That's like, it's definitely a, it's definitely a dated concept. I don't really know why either. But it definitely seems like more of a trope than a thing that like people actively do. Although I, I don't know, I'm not much of like a gift giver or receiver either. Mm-hmm. And if it's, it's not something your love like language. birthday, no. And if it's something like a Esso's birthday or something, I'm usually like, let's you know get a nice dinner or like go do something as opposed to you know here's some plants, put them on the table. I guess it. it I don't know. It just doesn't strike me as a very good gift. But. Yeah. uh Here's a chore. Look after these plant vaginas. <laughs> yeah, watch them slowly die on your table. Like a relationship. <laughs> so now I don't I don't think this is that really really that big of a deal. You just happen to hang out with a bunch of like old souls, I guess. And uh I don't think there's anything to feel feel bad about here. I really don't think this is common. Also, I think we're skipping over the fact that you wouldn't know the price of flowers that you were given as a True. gift. True. This guy's premise is flawed from the start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very true. I don't think they like clip a price tag to one of the rose petals. No, no, typically not. Unless the delivery driver forgets to take the shipping tag off of the arrangement, and then the cost might be on there. I've definitely made that mistake a time or two. <laughs> there we go. Some more insider info. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, in the uh, pocket a big tulip, right? I uh, I received uh, when I was working at the Renaissance Festival. I had a girlfriend who also worked at the Renaissance Festival. That's how Renaissance festivals work. Uh, I was given a, a rose uh, that was it was a glass rose, not like a glass rose you get at the convenience store to smoke crack <laughs> to smoke crack out of, but it was uh, uh, a rose blown of glass, right? And uh, she set that I, – I played the drums at the Renaissance Festival too. And so I come up to my one gig and hooked into the tuning uh, – I guess it's a tuning fork of my timpani drum. There was this glass rose with a little note that said, My love for you will fade when this rose wilts. Oh. And then we broke up like three years later. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 ah. That's a that's a thoughtful turn of phrase there. I, I like that. Yeah, it was pretty cute. Do you still have nice. this glass rose? I don't. I do Good not. Call. I'm not sure Good where call. it went. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably for the best. All right, maybe it wilted, like the relationship. Maybe it, it managed to somehow. It could have. Maybe if if you get it really hot, a glass rose can wilt. There we go. Yeah, just put it in the put it in the oven for a while. Yeah. Okay. Put the rose in the oven for a while. Leave it there. Come on, clean the pot. Anybody else for Rapper the Rapper? I wish, man. I missed out on that one. God, it was good. It's on It's on PSN. There's a remaster of Parappa the Rapper. I'm going to plug that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go. Friend of the show, Parappa. <laughs> go purchase that. It's very fun. 
All right, uh, on this next one, Finch, do you feel like reading our uh, final question of the episode? Let's do it. Do you next. feel like reading this question, which takes us to the friend zone? Yeah, we return triumphantly to the friend zone, and our friend Finch <laughs> is going to help us do that. All right, so my 20M roommate, 20F, emotionally unloads and have had enough. Hi, I'm a second-year uni student. Just wanted to ask some advice. I live in a house share with three roommates for around 1.5 years now. The issue is that I've had it with one of my roommates. She and I talk a lot. We have a lot of common background and find it easy to talk to each other. She has a lot of anger in her. I think it's just her personality. And I've been a really good friend. Being there for her, talking her through, and helping her through stressful and hard times... It's always been me helping her, and honestly, I've had enough. I recently tried to talk sorry, I recently tried to talk to her about some personal struggles of my own. She completely dismissed them and continued to just emotionally unload on me. It's like she doesn't even consider my perspective. She's incredibly tactless and really can't pick up on hints. I'm the only one in the house who can deal with her. She's bringing so much negative energy into our flat and it just isn't sitting well with me or the other roommates. I can't just suddenly tell her to fuck off. She's a nice girl sometimes, and we do need to stay with her for an additional half year, but her blatant lack of compassion for me or any form of thoughtfulness has put me right off her. What do you suggest I do? TLDR, roommate emotionally offloading one way onto me, not being thoughtful and dismissing personal emotional struggles. Need to stay with her for an additional half year, but honestly cannot stand to bring her negative energy into our four-person flat. What do I do? And uh, that one was posted by Cat Throwaway Ack. Hmm. Cat Throwaway Ack. They must like uh, ketamine. So, <laughs> here's what you do. Uh, you might have to tell her to kind of fuck off a little bit because I feel like there are some people that just do this. Uh, I had a coworker when I worked at uh, Unnamed Retail Place, and... Uh, she would walk up to my counter and tell me all of the emotional struggles of her week and I barely fucking knew her at all. Like, I was trying to kind of get to know her because I work with her and, you know, whatever. But she would just come up and, oh, and -and so-and-so did this and then this happened and she was like this and then this bitch was like blah, 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 blah. And she would just unload it on me. And I have pretty good tolerance for that kind of thing, so I just dealt with it. If you don't have that kind of tolerance, you need to tell her, like, listen, I can't, I can't, I cannot, I can't anymore, this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a, a bad idea. I, I would just kind of attempt to take some distance first, and, uh, you know, maybe don't be asking follow-up questions. He starts unloading, just kind of back off a little bit, and maybe attempt to exit the room as quickly as possible to give that message but if she keeps doing this and you feel like you could do it, I don't think that's a bad option. It's just to directly address her. Um, but in, in general, you know, you're, you're right. She's your roommate. You don't want to piss this person off. So you have to deal with that for the rest of you know this half year you're, you're with her. Um, so I think just doing this kind of as gently as possible, as long as, you know, to the point that where it works is best, but just keeping, keeping that distance. I mean, people, people have shitty roommates all the time. People that don't really want to talk to. It's not it's not too difficult of a thing to just kind of avoid them. And you know, in the back of your mind, it's not that much time you got left with her. This this issue isn't gonna follow you right. uh, as long as you don't let her. And uh so, so yeah, I I think that's kind of your your options there. 
Yeah, I, I think you should just get the idea that you're going to fix this or stop this right the fuck out of your head. Because uh, this this is definitely a type... Some people ha- are genuinely going through a lot, and some people just genuinely talk about going through things a lot. Um, That's a good way to put that. I've def- anytime I've dealt with this, and it's mainly been at work more so than with roommates, um, yeah, this is just how they're going to be. So... Deal with it as much as you can. Don't nuke the relationship. Don't make things any, you know, worse than they need to be. But, uh, yeah, do some self-care. Just stay alone in your room for a while. Keep the headphones in. Do your best. Yeah. Yeah. The headphones in is a, is a good option. Anything there that just kind of paints you as unavailable. Yeah. But who knows? If she's the unloader type, maybe she comes up and just yanks the earbud out of your ear and is like, Oh, Johnny didn't show up on the date. And uh, my grandpa gave peppermint patties to my other siblings when I was younger, but he didn't give one to me. And now I'm going to wax poetic about this for an hour. Uh, just keep keep playing that no engagement. Keep don't, Just don't fucking... Don't encourage this, I guess, is the main thing. Yeah. Especially yeah. if there's nothing you can do about it. Just don't encourage it. Minimize the pain you got to deal with as much as possible. Here's a fun game you can play. You can um, find a spot on the wall behind her to look at and just like <laughs> just look past her while she's talking to you and let your eyes glaze over another fun one is to look at their ear while they're talking to you so you're just a ah. little so you're just a little bit off center and <laughs> it's super creepy I've to had watch a lot happen. of success I've had a lot of success talking about political theory as well you yeah. can burn people out pretty <laughs> damn quick and shut down those conversations same as uh, Lord of the Rings fan fiction. Sure. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of topics that people just don't want to engage with, and they can be very effective tools. No. Johnny uh, didn't come with me on the date. Hey, real quick, what industries do you think should be nationalized immediately? <laughs> this reminds me of something Lenis, Lenin said in Imperialism, the end stage of capitalism. <laughs> ah, that, that might knock her off. Arthur, in relation to your uh, good points to focus on in the distance, I was always a big fan of the nose or right between the eyes. Tight. Because it's kind of subtle, but it's really off-putting when somebody yeah. does that to you. Yeah. Or if you can you can kind of look at, through their eye. Hold on a second. We got thunder. Big Damn. Storm. Getting that big weather storm. in. You can also kind of look through them, if that makes sense. Like, you look right at their eyes, but you imagine a point in the distance and focus on that, and it gives your eyes this very unfocused, vacant look, and uh, that's also pretty hard to talk to. So these are some good practical solutions. Definitely. You could become a close talker, too. Really (laughs) get in there. (laughs) Go deep. Don't wear deodorant for a week, either. Don't wash your hair. Just really get in there. Give her some supportive hugs and wipe your (laughs) your human grease on her, and uh, that'll, that'll get her to back right off. Uh, that's very strong. Very strong indeed. I love that. Well, hey, uh, y'all have a good time. Y'all have a good time this week. Woo! What, what? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, it's fucking great having you with us. Uh, I should make it clear once again that our intro music is the song Hanging On by the band Nowhere, and that you can find their music at nowheremusic.bandcamp.com. And our outro music is the song Stephanie by the Hayfellows, who you can find at instagram.com slash thehayfellows, or search them on Spotify. It's three words. It's the Hayfellows. Yeah, that's three words.
Uh, Finch, do you have anything that you want to plug? Any any demonstrations coming up? Uh, any uh, uh, endorsements from the DSA that you want to that you want to make clear? Can you endorse a podcast officially? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You're 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 out here doing the work in a way that not a lot of people are. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, everything's on the social media, Middle Tennessee DSA, or look up your local chapter. Um, if you're tired of shit being bad and you don't really have an outlet to get involved or do anything, just show up and learn and meet people and uh, yeah, try to have a good time and change the world at the same time. Fuck yeah, dude. That okay, is that thanks. shit I do like. That is the shit we like here. Real quick, Finch, thanks we... again for uh, coming on with us. It's been uh, it's been excellent. Can we get pleasure? Can we get never Kamala treat it, uh, trending? Is that a thing we can do? Oh, I'm into that. Yeah, Kamala Harris is a cop. <laughs> yeah, She's a cop. hashtag hashtag that. Get her, get her fucking prosecutor ass out of there. Don't buy the fucking propaganda that she's some fucking liberal alternative. Uh, in any way different from Hillary or any other mainstream dam, and even worse. Because as Fitch said, she's a goddamn cop. Um, yeah. 79, male, I would have won the presidential election if I hadn't been sabotaged. <laughs> <laughs> likes birds and uh, looking like Larry David dislikes the fucking Democratic establishment. Fuck yeah. Dude, it's been great having you with us. And it's been great having y'all with us. Uh, this week and we love you and we support you and we can't wait to see you again next week thanks bye and vote bernie in the primaries all right